thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Download the app today. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and boy, oh boy, has this man lit a firecracker under Australians. I speak of Australia's number one wellness expert, longevity master and king of nutrition, Damo, Dr. (laughs) Damien Christoph. Welcome to 100 Not Out. Ah, Pierce, it's always great to be joined with you and thank you so much for all that pump up i can never thank you enough it makes me feel so good getting off the call on a wednesday and uh you've you've floated my boat you've filled my balloon you have never popped my bubble <laughs> you say so well, thank you Pearson. Uh, i wish uh, i could I'm do rep- the same i hope i do the same but I wish well I- you know we don't get to see each other much these days which is why we love going to Ikaria and sardinia which as we yes. record this is the best part of six months away. I can't wait to see you, Damo, in mm. Ikaria and Sardinia. If you guys are watching or listening to this and you are interested and you're like, oh, my gosh, they, these guys go to the Blue Zones. Yes, we do. The two European ones, Ikaria, August 22 to 31, Sardinia, September 1 to 10. All the details at 100notout.com. Now, Damo. Yes, PC. You lit a fire under the listeners of 100 Not Out. It broke the internet, a recent episode we did on health scare and in particular food scare, an episode that exists in the wider podcast ecosystem, which we will not mention because of just reasons. Potential um, legal reasons. Has has <laughs> made some people really, really angry. And I know, again, it's going to make people even angrier that we're not mentioning this the actual episode. But the reason why I bring this up again is because we've been inundated with some replies. And I want to share with you just one particular um, response, which opens up a conversation for everyone that is watching and listening to this podcast around the health professional landscape that we are in, particularly yeah. in relationship to our own personal health and our own level of um understanding around our own personal health. So a listener of the podcast who you and I both know well, who shall remain nameless, um, has been with us uh, on trips and and we've known for years. Um, Recently, and and for context, very high value on health, um, recently uh, went to have her annual bloods done and uh, she has her bloods done every October. Now, for some context here, this particular listener, has been on a number of diets over the years. So she, by her own admission, um, has had a number um, of diets in the in the tool belt. She believes that it's largely stemming from um, her upbringing where she didn't grow up with much food at all. You might argue it was in actual uh, poverty, relative poverty. Um, she was malnourished by her own words. Um, and at some point in her life, she became a vegan uh, and then was a raw food vegan. She was down that path for the best part of 15 years, juicing, smoothies, green this, green that. Shaving her legs with avocados. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I won't put words into her mouth. But at some point, yeah. um, and, and actually in September last year, uh, September last year, um, 
she's actually been playing around with the carnivore diet. Now, mm-hmm. this individual is not, she's not a diet labeler as in like there's one way to fix the whole world and health and it's vegan or carnivore or whatever. For this particular individual's own personal health choices, she is um, eating a more carnivore way and she's actually going well. And I think yeah. that's really important for us to say this because some people might think we're anti-vegan or anti-carnivore or anti-anything, whatever works for anyone. We are 100%. very happy with, just yep. work your magic. Yep. But the reason why I share this uh, context is because um, this listener had her bloods done in October um, mm-hmm. and 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 she knows her markers very well. She's been having her bloods done for years, same time every year. Um, she knows in her own words, I know where my scores and levels need to be for me. And she said, I then had some negative results come back around cholesterol. She uh, visits a medical uh, practitioner who we would say in the modern landscape is an integrative practitioner, functional medicine, so on and so forth. Um, and as soon as these results came in, this particular listener uh, was told that at the age that she was, which is 56, and the fact that she is post-menopause um, and the fact that her LDL um, cholesterol came in high, that she uh, not only had atherosclerosis but the functional medicine doctor was obliged to prescribe her statins and this became a um, a very medical appointment from then on. And this listener became incensed because she was now um, thinking that she was in the hands of a medical practitioner that was somewhat more um, wellness-oriented and a bit more holistic than just one marker. She now felt she was a number in the system. There was no context. There was no broader understanding. And uh, in her words, her whole relationship with her practitioner kind of fell apart in that appointment because she just turned into a number and another medication user and so on and so forth. And so I thought it was a great opportunity for us to bring up this conversation around the way that we navigate um, not just the health system, but our own health philosophies, because this really riled um, this listener and particularly on the back of I suppose, again, previous episodes that we've been recording. And it would be great to know where you stand on this demo and what you think um, is a wise, I suppose, navigation process for our listeners. Yeah. Well, my heart goes out to this person um, because health information can be really confusing and can be really confronting. And I had a situation yesterday, actually, where I delivered a whole bunch of information probably prematurely, just in the initial consultation to somebody and it kind of blew her mind up a little bit because she received too much information, TMI, on the first visit. And not all of it um, had context around it at that point in time. So there was a bit of a freak-out situation that occurred um, and then I had to mitigate that. And But I was very aware at the time when I was doing it that this is what was going on. So I knew and I had to like make contact with her today to have this conversation with her, to reassure her that everything will be fine. But sometimes practitioners say things just off the cuff because we see stuff all the time. Um, And so it becomes a little bit almost routine and we've got to pick out, we've got to, you know, we've got to tap ourselves on the shoulder from time to time and just go, hey, hang on a second, remember we know a whole lot more than our patients generally do and it can be a little bit confronting potentially even a little bit scary or even offensive, the things that we say or the way in which we say it. And and I had that situation yesterday. So I'm just starting that off 
in this context because we're about, I'm about to say something that I, I don't – hopefully it doesn't get taken the wrong way um, because that's not my intention. My intention in this space is to explain um, what types of cholesterol there are um, and that sometimes just flippantly we can deliver information and news that might be taken poorly um, because we just haven't been careful around the, the crafting of the message and the delivery of the message um, and, and and maybe a bit more care could have been taken in this situation, um, which might have then meant that this great friend of ours might not have been so upset with the information and there could have been a better conversation that was had um, around the way in which the news being delivered could have then been managed, if that makes sense. So let's just start off with um, the acknowledgement that our body makes our cholesterol for the most part. And we do absorb a little bit of our cholesterol from our diet and the cholesterol that we absorb from our diet is about 30% of the cholesterol that we eat. So whatever we eat, let's say we eat 100 grams of cholesterol, we would absorb 30 grams of that cholesterol in a meal and that's about it. So not a whole lot. Not that you would ever sit down to 100 grams of cholesterol. I don't think that would be even possible. Like I, you'd have to, I don't know what that even looks like. But I was just, that's just a fraction, just a number, just a percentage. So we don't absorb a whole lot of cholesterol from our diet and the bulk of our cholesterol is manufactured in our, in, in, that's in our body is manufactured by our liver. And the liver manufactures cholesterol as a result of stimulus and trigger that it receives from the nervous system. So if our nervous system or our brain signals to the liver that we need to pump out cholesterol fast because we're stressed, then it's more likely that we're going to manufacture a lower quality or a lower density type of cholesterol called a low density lipoprotein, an LDL. Can you repeat that? I'm writing down notes feverishly here. Yeah. If we are stressed out if we are on the go and we have got to pump out cholesterol very very quickly now if we are stressed out that could be from physical stress emotional stress or chemical stress right there's three stressors if we have stress at higher levels in our body our body will preferentially make cholesterol very very quickly of the lower quality poorer quality type which is called LDL cholesterol, low-density lipoprotein. Now, the so-called good cholesterol that we get told about is called high-density lipoprotein. And the high-density lipoprotein, or HDL, is a type of cholesterol that our body manufactures when things are pretty good. You've got the right types of, um, what are they called, proanthocyanidins coming through our body, um, oh, yeah, that's what antioxidants. Say all that sort of stuff. So if we've got all those sorts of good things, like good nutrition, good fats, high-quality carbohydrates, good-quality proteins, not a lot of stress hormone running through our body, good regulation of our thyroid hormone, not large amounts of insulin running through our body, not a heap of sugar running through our body, if we've got all of those factors working well for us and we're exercising and we're breathing well and we're meditating and being mindful, then our body will preferentially manufacture HDL cholesterol all by itself. That's it. The reality is, is that we're all going to have a little bit of stress and we're all going to have a little bit of anxiety and we're going to have chemical influences, chemical stress. We have emotional influences, emotional stress, and we're going to have physical influences, physical stress that are going to drive us to manufacture some LDL cholesterol. 
And then the way in which our body manufactures LDL cholesterol is break it into a number of subtypes. And the subtypes um, are, are really important because the subtype of our LDL cholesterol kind of then determines our cardiovascular disease risk. And there's four subtypes that are, that are there. And it used to just be that you would have like you would have LDL cholesterol, so you'd have um, you would have the very small density um, LDL cholesterol. You would have small density LDL cholesterol, and you would have intermediate, and then you would have um, large. Now, the large LDL cholesterol. Um, has a lower risk profile of of heart disease than the very small and small density lipoproteins. So in the breaking down of the LDL particles to understand whether or not your LDL is really putting you at risk of cardiovascular disease, you're looking to find out whether or not you're manufacturing larger particles of LDL or really, really small particles of LDL because the really, really small particles of LDL are the ones that are more closely linked to cardiovascular disease, Um, not just LDL as an umbrella because some people have elevated LDL and it's elevated LDL of the larger LDL kind as opposed to the smaller LDL kind and they don't have the same risk factors. And so this is exactly what our listener had large LDL high reading mm-hmm. and her integrative GP mm-hmm. who did not know the knowledge that you said actually thought the large LDL, the large particle reading was worse, whereas oh. a high amount of large LDL and a low amount of small LDL and she was told by her doctor because of that she needed to go on statins. So she, the doctor actually read the reading incorrectly either through lack of knowledge or through an error, which yeah. is bizarre, disconcerting, and even just um, disappointing for, I would just say, any patient that goes to see a health professional. That's just that's what infuriated our listener, who let's call Mary because I keep on saying her. Let's call Mary. That's what yeah. infuriated Mary, that even the reading that she was given by the professional was yeah. incorrect. I think sometimes we can misinterpret information and I think in the integrative GP's defence, it was an error of commission. Um, it's not an error of omission. She did something. She said something that was an error. She probably, if she goes back and reflects on it or he goes back and reflects on it, I don't know who this integrative GP is, um, if they reflect on it, um, they will probably go, oh, my gosh, I mucked that one up. I should call Mary and let her know I've mucked it up. Like, I think that that's there's a chance that that might actually happen, and I think that if that integrative GP happens to be listening to this and hears about Mary's story, um, <laughs> then that person might go, "Oh my gosh, I really stuffed that up." Damo's right. Um, I better you know call Mary and have a chat. Now the reality is is that um, when you're speaking with a very highly um, educated, um, body informed, nutrition informed, health informed individual, the way in which you deliver information is very different. Um, and you know, if, if I was working with Mary, my information might've been to her, okay, what are you prepared to do to make a shift and change here? Um, and I might've thought then what else could I be testing for to see whether or not there's some kind of malfunction in the formation of this LDL 
you know, why is the liver behaving this way? Or what is it in your environment that's creating the stress that's causing you to manufacture the poorer quality LDL? So I might have taken it down a more of a functional, environmental, lifestyle medicine route. Now, a lifestyle medicine practitioner looks to lifestyle for this. And that's what I'm a fellow in the Australasian College of Lifestyle Medicine. Um, and along with my peers who would be medical GPs, other chiropractors, osteopaths, we've studied lifestyle medicine because the integration of changes in lifestyle bring about significant changes in your blood chemistry. Now, a functional GP may or may not have studied lifestyle and then may look to the integration of vitamin supplements, mineral supplements, um, other types of herbal supplements, maybe even chemical supplements, you know, such as antioxidants, for example, um, to integrate into a management plan for the disease that's being managed, not necessarily trying to find a modification to the lifestyle that's actually creating the disease in the first place. So just by way of um, differentiating the type of lens that somebody might look at things through, a lifestyle medicine practitioner will look to lifestyle always. That's, that's what we're trying to do. Whereas an integrative GP may or may not look towards lifestyle, but may use supplements in place of pharmaceutical drugs um, as the integrative approach. Um, and so it's maybe in the language it's a bit misleading for the expectation of what you might get from that practitioner, um, but maybe in the differentiation, just using those words and the differentiation of how I've described the approach, that might help people look for the type of practitioner they're looking for. Can we then just um, in the in the la- final part of this conversation just have one of those chats around cholesterol and animal protein? Because in Mary's conversation, she said, "Look, I've been vegan for years, no longer been having animal protein for the last five or six years." Um, she'd been in Europe for a couple of months, um, and she'd come home and had been on the carnivore, you know, more carnivore for a month before she had the bloods. And in the recent episode that we were talking about where the vegan movement is very much around animal protein and cholesterol and so on, can you just clear that up in relation to what influence um, our animal protein intake has on our cholesterol readings because i think you said it beautifully before you've got physical chemical and emotional stress but you know i i googled whilst you were talking you know 73 milligrams of cholesterol per 100 grams of say red meat so can you and then we can and then we and then we digest 30 percent you know if we absorb sorry 30 percent if we need to um can you just whilst we're here talking about this um lay down your views on the correlation or the distinction between animal protein consumption and cholesterol yeah, for sure. When we were talking about that podcast that has riled um, our listeners and got a fire in their bellies, um, that doctor who was speaking at that time said that when you eat meat, you're having a cholesterol bomb, like you're, you're eating a cholesterol bomb. And what that kind of makes it sound like when you do eat meat or when you do eat cholesterol is that this big splattering of cholesterol, which in most people's mind, they think that it looks like fat, like explodes inside their body and it like sticks to every single artery and it's all part, it's all mixed into all of your tissues and excuse my French, but essentially you're going to be effed. 
like you're going to be like you are gone because you ate a cholesterol bomb. Now, the reality is, is that our body uses the cholesterol that we eat and that we manufacture. It uses it and it uses it to manufacture hormones. Um, our happy hormones, in fact, are like serotonin and um, melatonin, our sleep hormone, um, progesterone in women. There's a whole host, like all of our um, aromatase pathways, everything that converts our hormones to usable parts requires cholesterol. So if we don't have cholesterol in our diet, we have to manufacture it. Now, when the doctor that we're talking about, not the integrative GP we'll speak about before with Mary, the doctor from the podcast, when he makes cholesterol sound so bad for you, he, he doesn't pay homage to the fact that the human body and every single animal on the planet manufactures cholesterol in order to survive. So if we don't eat it, we've got to make it. Now, if we are in stress, we make LDL cholesterol. That's what I said before. So if we are stressing our body out because we're following a particular program or we're not doing enough exercise or we're sitting down for too long or whatever else, if we're stressing our body out, we're already preferentially making LDL cholesterol anyway. The best thing to do, we try and balance out our hormones by staying happy. The last thing we want is to be feared or scared into having to make decisions because we're now going to manufacture more LDL cholesterol when in fact the main thing that we want to do is have happiness and laughter and fun and exercise and movement and sun so that we can manufacture our HDL cholesterol. So the fact that there's LDL cholesterol and a fair bit of it in meat doesn't make it a bad thing. It's just that we need to find ways to use it. And the way in which we use it is by staying fit and healthy and we're going to use our cholesterol that way. However, if you eat truckloads, if you eat heaps of carbohydrates and you are stressed and fatigued, your preference for manufacturing cholesterol is LDL. So if you go low-fat, vegan, low-protein, and you're stressed, you have every chance, even more of a chance, to manufacture high levels of LDL cholesterol than someone who's eating a higher-fat, higher-protein, animal-protein diet. Um, you know... And and that is what you're saying. Uh, you spoke earlier about physical, chemical, and emotional stress. Like it can be a chemical stress on the body yeah. through a lack of a deficiency. That the, yeah. I imagine in the liver is having to work harder. And I've written down. I now understand LDL, HDL. I'm like L for low quality, H for high quality, or as you said, H for happy, HDL, <laughs> happy cholesterol. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But the the if we if our diet is deficient. It's going to make more LDL. That's the well. It's going to make cholesterol. So we need cholesterol. So it could make HDL. It could make LDL. But if we're stressed and we don't consume enough cholesterol, we're going to be making cholesterol. And our preference for making cholesterol when we're stressed and fatigued and burned out and eating heaps of carbohydrates is going to be LDL cholesterol. Mm. This has been awesome, absolutely awesome. I know our listeners are going to love this. Damo, thank you so much for putting on your wise health professional hat. Can I just so say well. one more thing? Yes. Because I want to complete it because I've left a little bit out. It's the consumption of saturated fat and carbohydrate that's the problem. It's not the consumption of saturated fat by itself. It's not the consumption of carbohydrate by itself. It's the consumption of the combination 
of saturated fat and carbohydrate that's the problem so it's it's that combination and i and hopefully anybody who's been listening to this gets through to this part where i've just said that because that's a really important point it's not the saturated fat by itself and it's not the carbohydrate by itself it's the combination of the two that's the problem hello to our friends at mcdonald's and kfc who will never ever sponsor this show thank you so much (laughs) um (laughs) well this has been another Mind-blowing. Producer Min has put in the comments, mind-blowing. This has been, according to Min, a mind-blowing episode of 100 Not Out. Thanks to you, Damo, and to our listeners. We love your feedback. So you can send us DMs on Instagram at 100.notout. You can join us on Facebook at 100notout. You've got to spell it all out in the words. Uh, email Damo, Damien at damienchristoff.com. No ease in that. Marcus at marcuspierce.com.au. Not, no eyes in that. And... Um, Ikaria, Sardinia, we have big, deep and meaningful chats about nutrition um, and all things longevity, August 22 to 31 for Ikaria and September 1 to 10 for Sardinia. All the details at 100notout.com. Until next week, folks, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.